Welcome to Commonwealth Chaos. I'm Jules. And I'm Olive. Hopefully we shouldn't have any more audio issues. We are, um, we just had to buy a new mic, which my boyfriend bought. Thank you, babe. Um, so we should be good and crystal clear now. Um, sorry about the fuzziness and being quiet as fuck before. You know, we do our best. Took a little small hiatus because we've got some, uh, big things in the works some very exciting projects we've uh, been working so hard like i have not had time to sit down and record an episode because we've been planning and researching so much for you guys oh yeah like we've got we've got big plans to make things go a little bit better uh in the next couple months so uh thanks for being patient with us while we get into our group um we did want to go ahead and cover a couple of uh a couple of stories um in relation to uh, something that I'm going to be talk, I would like to talk about a little bit later in more detail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just to kind of, you know, get, scrape some stuff off the surface, I guess, we're going to talk about these two things. Um, there are two missing girls in Radcliffe, Kentucky, and something funky is going on here. Yeah, no, something is definitely, something is definitely up. Uh, I think that there's probably a group of people operating in Radcliffe and Hardin County that have got some really, really stinky business, um, just from the things that, uh, just from the things that we've seen so far. Okay, so I'm going to stop rambling and just go ahead and get into it. Uh, first case is going to be about a young girl, she was 16 years old, from Radcliffe, Kentucky, uh, Kamaria Johnson. Um, last year, in May, May 25th, um... At about like one or two o'clock in the morning, uh, Kamaria was arguing with her father, mm-hmm. uh, and it just kind of like ended in, you know, just a bad way. So he ends up just leaves, goes back to work. Uh, she ends up just walking out of the house, like at one a.m. At one in the morning. All right. So uh, he comes back a few hours later, and uh, the father figures out that she's gone gone so he drives around the neighborhood and uh the surrounding area looking for her before filing a missing persons report so her missing persons report was filed like immediately okay that's yeah, good absolutely and, bare minimum but that's good right you know we're we're on the right track if yes. nothing else but uh her mother did kind of like make the comment uh to newscasters that like after that 24 hour mark like it, it was like there was a pit in her stomach she just knew that like something was wrong okay because uh we're talking about a 16 year old girl in 2021 during like the height of the pandemic right mm-hmm. not using social media Mm. not having any contact with friends or family and straight up walking out of her house in the middle of the night without her phone a 16 year old girl without her cell phone yeah it just so i work with teenagers they're fucking addicted yeah like just absolutely up the charging port of that phone absolutely and like you know a lot of uh teenagers who would run away from home the first thing they're gonna do is tell their friends i'm finally doing it i'm running away from home i know that like my friends i had a couple of friends run away whenever we were you know like early teens Mm -hmm. it was always like fuck you mom i'm gonna not text you back and then sleep on my friend's couch for the night however i always got a text from them saying hey i'm safe i'm fine i'm just mad at my parents exactly and like I've been, uh, 
like in the middle of situations where people have gone missing and like there's always somebody who knows there's yeah. always somebody who knows yeah. where they are and like for a 16 year old girl who was very active on social media and very active with her friends to just up and disappear with no contact like that i don't know just seems fishy it's a red flag definitely a red flag um so at this point uh lieutenant brian davis of radcliffe uh police department takes over the investigation uh now this dude he like above and beyond like so he took it seriously yes he did um that's kind of rare for the state i can't lie exactly (laughs) give that man a medal but uh like whenever you walk into his office like he has binders upon binders like 500 pages of nothing but like case notes and like notes from interviews with other people in the community like the number of search warrants that have been like attributed to this case absolutely bananas um they comb through all of her social media accounts um comb through what they could from her cell phone provider for all of her phone records mm-hmm. um couldn't find anything uh the only potential suspect that they did interview was a man who like a few days after she had been reported missing came forward uh and admitted to picking her up on highway 60 like miles away from her house okay. and then uh leaving her in a uh, hog wallow <laughs> Um, All right. Which is a real place, I promise, um, out in Meade County, which is like, it's like, it's like right next to Radcliffe County. Meade and Hardin counties butt up against each other. Yeah. So Meade is like northwest of Hardin. Yeah. Which to me kind of sounds like maybe trying to move towards the Louisville area. Yes. Yeah. And I think that in reports, her mom has stated that she thinks she's in Louisville, right? Yeah, I think her. I think I saw something from her grandfather, maybe, okay. saying that they were hoping that she was in Louisville. So, that yeah, no, that definitely adds up. Do you know if she has connections to anybody in Louisville? Uh, not that could be established from anything in the police reports from her social media findings. Okay. But, that but no, like, mean, family, close no family, family, friends. Okay. Yeah. Um, no family reported, uh, connections in Louisville. Um, but with that being said, that doesn't mean that, you know, she wasn't in someone, she didn't have like another Twitter account and was in somebody's DMs. You know what I mean? Everybody like, has a Finsta. All the kids do. If you don't know what that is, it's a, what, a fake Insta? Yeah. A fake Instagram that you use to creep on other people's Instagrams after you have been blocked. <laughs> like. Oh, is that what it's for? I, mean, I think the kids are using it nowadays as like a diary. That's adorable. Isn't it cute? I think that's adorable. Okay. I, it's, it's the 2022 equivalent of our Tumblr account. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My Tumblr was rough. Yeah. Like, it was rough. Same. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, uh, this man admits to dropping her off at this gas station convenience store situation in Hogwallow, and, uh, They do pull the CCTV camera footage from uh, where she was dropped off. Okay. And uh, you see her exit the vehicle wearing, uh, like, black joggers with uh, red and black stripes down the side. Think, like, classic Adidas, like, track suit. Okay. Um, A pink jacket with her hood pulled up. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, high to pandemic just last year early last year so she was wearing a gucci mickey mouse mask okay and she was wearing vans with flames on the sides now was that what she was seen last wearing like when she left home yes okay yeah so that was that was the last outfit that her father had seen her in as well 
Um, now, whenever her family viewed this footage, um, her mom actually reported uh, that, like, she could just tell that that wasn't, like, it didn't seem, not necessarily not like it was her daughter, but, like, maybe she wasn't herself. Like, the mannerisms in which she was moving was weird. And it was extremely fucking peculiar that she did not have her glasses on because, according to her mom, like, it was, like, a necessity. Girlie was blind. Girlie was blind. Absolutely could not see. So, like, to me, I don't know, man. I don't want to be, like, a Debbie Downer or anything, but, like, let's just, like, think about this. Uh, she gets dropped off at this random convenience store in Meade County. Goes in for a few minutes, comes right back out, and is seen leaving on foot. Did she buy anything? No. Okay. Um, so, maybe looking for directions, maybe using the bathroom, whatever. But, just follow me here. If this is tied to the sex ring operations that are found in, like, Hardin, Mead, Whitley, Louisville, Mon- Louisville like, Monroe County, yeah. fucking, like, Metcalf County, like, all these other places. Who's to say that the individuals in charge of these operations didn't maybe take her clothes, give them to another person, and, like, put in, like, a red herring tip to give, like, some kind of insinuation that maybe she was just, like, off on her own. Because, like, her mother says that the per- that uh, watching this video, she, like, just doesn't look like herself, doesn't have her glasses on, and she's wearing a mask. And this is CCTV camera footage, so that's the kind it's of, like, quality... It's not great to begin with. Exactly. That's yeah. the kind of, like, a quality of, uh, like, image we're, wor- like, we're working with here. Yeah. I don't want to get too conspiracy theory-y about this, and I know it sounds like a stretch, but without going, like, full nuthead, I will say that human traffickers are insidious, and anything, like, they're insidious, and they're fucking smart. They are. They're so smart, and so discounting that they could do something like this or would have the forethought is a disservice to victims. So just keep an open mind. Yeah, just like, you know, I understand, I understand that a lot of, like, the stuff that we're going to be talking about might seem like reaching, but I promise you, if you take four minutes out of your time to just look up some accredited, uh, like, sources on We are not QAnon fucking crazies. Yeah, but, Those are not legitimate sources. Exactly. Uh, but, like, if you just look up into some legitimate sources about, like, the sex uh, crime and sex trafficking rings in Kentucky, you're going to find some very fucking disheartening news. Oh, it is so prevalent. It is state. so prevalent. We're, we were ranked ninth last year for most new cases in sex trafficking in the United States. God damn. That's yeah. top, what, 18%? Yeah. I'm not good at math. But <laughs> Somewhere in there. That's fucking disheartening yeah it's absolutely disheartening so just for an example like one of the bigger um like busts that you can find like just one of the more prevalent ones happened in september of last year um it was operation united front uh it was led by like i think it was was it a missouri attorney general yes it was a missouri missouri attorney general um eric schmidt uh it was like a multi-state operation where they were like trying to bust like a bunch of different operations in the same sex crime ring. It was actually 12 states total, so this was a pretty hardy operation, I would say. Yeah, like, definitely a lot of manpower was put into this. Oh, for sure. 
Okay, so 59 total victims were rescued from this operation, and there were 102 suspects arrested. And out of those, 21 of those victims were from Kentucky alone. Yes. And 49 of the... 46. Oh, 46. 46 of those arrests uh, were from Kentucky. Correct. So that's almost half of the total arrests made. Correct. And two of those victims that were rescued in Kentucky were actually minors as well. So this was definitely a fruitful bust just because I can't imagine being a trafficked child, much less an adult, but like, wow. So for Operation United Front, just in Kentucky alone, there were four different stings. One was in Bowling Green, and then there were actually um, operations in Elizabethtown, McCracken County, and Northern Kentucky as well. Yeah, and those were just, like, the areas that the sting operations themselves were occurring. Like, the victims were pulled from all over the state. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's just... And, I mean, like, there's, like, massive-scale operations like that, but there are also small-time operations as well. There was uh, a sting in Lexington where, like, a... uh, former accountant was uh like in cahoots with uh an individual who was purposefully getting females uh addicted to opiates and heroin and then after they reached their withdrawal period would coerce them into prostitution in order to continue to fuel their addictions that's fucking that's rape that's what it is it's sex by coercion exactly it's rape it's human trafficking and it's fucking disgusting yeah so there are real monsters out there, people, and they are human. Absolutely. Um, so there's actually a huge uptick in trafficking during large events like the Kentucky Derby or Thunder Over Louisville or anytime there are like NCAA games like, you know, you have University of Louisville. Um, You've got a ton of stuff that goes on at the KFC Yum Center. Oh, absolutely. University of Kentucky, anytime they have a basketball game, there's a huge uptick in human trafficking because you have fans coming in who want to pay for sex and... You have people who are absolute monsters who take advantage of individuals who are inebriated during the celebratory periods of these activities. Right. So I think that we need to really think about and analyze what environment breeds these monsters because you know you have all these pimps bringing in trafficked human beings at these events well these pimps are in my opinion this weird trifecta this terrible trifecta of abuse trafficking and capitalism yes because like they use capitalist ideals to coerce and force their victims into situations where they could be sexually exploited and financially exploited. But if we were to decriminalize sex work, that power dynamic that's established between like uh, a sex trafficker or a pimp or whatever you want to call them and uh, the victim, like that's no longer applicable because the industry itself becomes part of the economy so it's regulated right exactly so you have sex people who do want to participate in sex work and who do want to pursue uh like sex work avenues uh they are now capable of like advocating themselves. for themselves exactly too. yeah they can advocate for themselves and they don't have to be afraid to go to police they don't have to be afraid to get tested and they don't have to be afraid to ask for help absolutely and i think the longer that we continue to 
ignore and villainize or vilify sex work, the more like you're still gonna continue to have human trafficking problems. Exactly. People are gonna continue to get fucking stolen. Yes, people are gonna continue to disappear. People are gonna continue to be ripped away from their homes. To be bought and sold like property. Yeah, until we get over ourselves and stop pretending like sex is a bad word. Right. Absolutely. Um, so from there, I want to pivot to a story about another missing Radcliffe girl. Um, this one kind of gives me pause because there is some mental health problems. However, I do not think that her disappearance should be just attributed to her mental health. Absolutely. Because those who are in a mental health crisis aren't thinking straight and are more likely to be taken advantage of. Right. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about Rosalind Velasquez. Um, she was a 16-year-old North Harden High School student. Um, she was a violin player, an AP student, and she loved anime and cats. Um, so she lived in the Azalea Park area of Radcliffe, Kentucky, mm-hmm. in Hardin County, and she left around 1 a.m. on foot on the evening of August 24th, 2020. So I'm just saying to have two young women of color, both age 16, both disappearing on foot at 1 in the morning, I just, I mean, like, sure, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's just, fucking suspicious. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And what, like, eight months apart? Not I even a full year even, apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this was August 24th. That one is May. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. She was last seen wearing a blue jacket with a crest on the right breast pocket area. So, Rosalind actually went on walks pretty frequently because she had severe anxiety and used, you know, walking as a coping skill. Mm-hmm. So, she was a serious homebody due to her anxiety to the point where her mother stated that she struggled to get her out of the house even for, like, basic appointments. So, um, just absolute crippling generalized anxiety. No, like to the point where they they had a walk in closet in her, their apartment and she would hide in there. Just sensory deprivation. Yeah, exactly. As much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the evening of August 24th, she had actually told a friend on Instagram live that she had quote unquote taken some pills and was walking in the woods. Now, whenever Rosalind left home, she brought her medication and left her chapstick and earbuds, which she never left home without. Me either. Yeah, I know. I feel that. Um, and her iPhone pinged in several Radcliffe locations. Um, and several Radcliffe? So, several Radcliffe locations? That means that she wasn't just in the woods then. Right. Exactly. That means that she had to have been either moving or moved around. Or after so long, her iPhone did kind of fall off and stop pinging them. Right. Yeah. Um, detectives have combed through social media and got absolutely nothing. Um, and the case has been featured on several national news programs. There have been a lot of tips come in, including one from July of 2021, tipped off that she might still be in Hardin County. Um, so there were obvious mental health issues here. You know, she had severe anxiety and it was reported that in the past she had been suicidal. Okay. So... From an outsider's point of view, you know, you hear anxiety and depression, going for a walk in the woods in the middle of the night, she had taken pills, she took her medication with her. Okay, but I will say, though, if she was being medicated for anxiety, Mm -hmm. medications for the treatment of anxiety, those particular, like, types of medicines, whenever you overdose, you 
it's something that's not going to kill you. You know right. what I mean? You're going you're yeah. to get real loopy and real sleepy. And, right. like, your stomach's going to hurt really bad. But it's not going to kill you. Right. All right. So this is absolute conjecture. But here's right. my theory. Um, so... I, she takes this medication, even okay. if it's, you know, like, too much medication, the majority of, like, anxiety medications, you aren't going to be prescribed enough to successfully end your life. Right. So, she may have gotten sick, you know, it may have hurt her liver temporarily, maybe her kidneys. Maybe caused, like, some kind of, like, uh, delirium... Yeah, she's probably not going to be thinking straight because by the sounds of it, you know, if she's in a mental health crisis, she's not going to be thinking straight in the first place. Right. So I think, you know, she goes out, she's on this walk, her anxiety meds start kicking in, maybe she gets a little woozy, right? So her iPhone had pinged, you know, one to two miles away around, you know, not just in the woods, but in the neighborhood you know, near her apartment. Right. So, so there would have been like road access and like all yes, this other stuff. Yes. And um per a police statement, it is possible for her to have walked those, but it is more likely that like by the times that her phone pinged, she was more than likely in a moving vehicle. Right. So I think, you know, maybe someone spotted a girl who was stumbling around. Yeah. Cause you know, like, for instance, hydroxyzine, a pretty common PRN medication, is going to make you, for anxiety, is going to make you kind of stumble. It's going to yeah. get you off your balance because it does aid in sleep and, you know, disarming panic attacks, that kind of thing. Yeah. So Causes I think... the weeble wobbles. Yeah, exactly. So I think that maybe, you know, someone sees this girl, it's super early in the morning because, like, it's after 2.30 a.m. Right. at the very least, pick her up, and it's not a good person to be picking up a teenage girl. Right. Like, probably one of the worst people. Exactly. And, you know, if she had gone out in the woods to kind of seclude herself after an overdose, mm -hmm. she couldn't have gotten too far right. after taking medication. And... They would have found her. They would have found her. And also, like, with the types of medication that we can assume that she was on, she would have just woke up and went home. Right. Exactly. So, didn't you say that... Um, the sheriff had done grid searches of Hardin County. Yes. So for Camaria. For Camaria, yes. And Camaria disappeared after, right? Yes. So she disappeared. She did disappear after. She disappeared in 2001. Um, you mean 2021? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. 2021. So Rosalind disappears in August of 2020. Kamaria doesn't disappear until May, May of 2021. Exactly. So at that point. And uh, they do grid searches yes for her, right? lieutenant yes so lieutenant brian davis like he has like entire maps of hardin county where they have literally like grid searched hardin county for uh camaria so like if they had already been in the per in the you know process of doing that they would have already had that open ongoing investigation right and if they would have found something, they probably would have found it then. They're looking for suspicious evidence, you know, anything out of the ordinary already. If they had found something related to Rosalind, if there was something out there in Hardin County, in the woods at all, they would have found it. Exactly. So where is this girl? Where's either of them? Where are these girls? Like, 
It's got, like, something's got to be up. Um, and somebody somewhere knows something. Absolutely. So, um, and I actually have a statement from a board member for People Against Trafficking Humans. It's PATH. It's an organization. Um, the board member's name is Regina Vargo Carrario, and she states that QAnon theories and baseless, baseless Facebook posts do a disservice to all organizations. It just means we have to do more work to be like, no, this is an invalid claim. Please don't continue spreading it. Um, and so we're going to talk about some of the warning signs, like red flags, things to look out for when thinking about, you know, like, is this a trafficking situation? Right. Because, like, I'm sure that everybody's seen the post on Facebook where it's like, this person followed me through Walmart. Like, some of those are going to be unfounded claims. Like, definitely. And this goes, you know, kind of without saying, but it also is applicable to pretty much anything that you see and read on the internet. Um, make sure you're checking your sources. There's a lot of good that you can do just by running something through Google Scholar. Um, just make sure that whenever you are sharing something, it comes from an accredited source or it comes directly from like an organization that uh, has a prevalent and, you know, just qualified voice in whatever you're trying to, whatever you're trying to speak about. Okay, so I want to talk about the ways that traffickers lure people in specifically. So this is coming straight from the humantraffickinghotline.org website. Okay. Um, and I want to zero in on specifically sex trafficking because, um, like, labor trafficking is at least as prevalent as sex trafficking, but mm-hmm. we want to focus on sex trafficking today. We definitely want to do just like a trafficking episode in general because i think that it really because sex trafficking does get uh does get brought up a lot just because of like you know the taboo and the morality of the situation but like labor trafficking is a huge huge fucking problem in states with farmland and here in appalachia we got a lot of them absolutely and especially for like immigrants yeah they're much much more likely to be abused or mistreated um so so, a friend, family member, coworker, or student is newly showered with gifts or money or otherwise becomes involved in an overwhelming, fast-moving, and asymmetric romantic relationship. So, think about your love bombing. Yes. Um, a friend, family member, or student is a frequent, frequent runaway and may be staying with someone who is not their parent or guardian. Um, a family member, friend, coworker, or student is develop- developing a relationship that seems too close with someone they know solely on social media. Yes. Um, that's a very big one. Absolutely. A family member, friend, or student lives with a parent or guardian and shows sign of abuse. Um, someone is offered a job opportunity that seems too good to be true. An individual is recruited for an opportunity that requires them to move far away, but their recruiter or prospective employer avoids answering their questions or is reluctant to provide detailed info about the job. So, like, for example, like, you see those uh, signs. This was a really big one in my hometown there for a little while. Uh, You'll see signs just posted out in front of, like, stores like Walmart or, Mm -hmm. like, strip malls that are, like... uh, you know, casting call for new models, mm-hmm. you know, looking for girls this height and this age range, just call this number. Mm-hmm. And, like, they give you this big long spiel about how, like, oh, yeah, we're going to hook you up with pictures. Or, you know, just meet us here at this time for this shoot. Like, 
if you see something like that and it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Nobody's giving you free fucking headshots. No one's giving you free fucking anything. Amen. Um, so, um, so some of the warning signs that someone may currently be a victim of trafficking are appearing malnourished, showing signs of physical injuries and abuse, um, avoiding eye contact, social interaction, and authority figures or law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, seeming to adhere to scripted or rehearsed responses in social interaction. So, you know, someone's told me, my name is Sally and I work here, so. Right. Yeah. Um, lacking official ID. So something that pretty frequently happens to victims of trafficking is that they're, you know, if they are a migrant, that they're passport is seized Mm -hmm. or you know someone takes your id that kind of thing um appearing destitute or lacking personal possessions same thing someone takes your glasses for instance exactly and it makes it a lot harder to leave you see them in the same outfit all the time Mm -hmm. um checking into hotels or motels with older males and referring to those males as their boyfriend or quote unquote daddy which is often street slang for pimp um Poor physical or dental health. Right. That is a huge one. That is a huge one because, like, one, like, they are, like, individuals who are unfortunately victims of sex trafficking will have, like, their hygiene items, like, restricted mm-hmm. um, because, like, it's it's about power. It's about control. It's so a power anything, and control dynamic. Exactly. Absolutely. So anything that they can take and withhold from you, they will, but they, uh, but human traffickers will also use drugs to create a dependent relationship between them and their victims. So, Absolutely. like, a lot of, uh, like, people who have been stuck in uh, sex trafficking uh, are going to have really bad dental hygiene because they've been forcibly addicted to, like, some kind of amphetamine mm-hmm. or, like, you know, another stimulant by... That promotes tooth decay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another one to look out for is tattoos or branding on the neck or lower back. It is a disgusting reality that many traffickers will literally brand human beings to show that they belong to them. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, untreated STIs, um, is another big one. Yeah. Because if someone goes into Planned Parenthood and says, hey, I'm being trafficked, it's over. You know? Right. And I highly doubt that traffickers that are using humans as slaves care enough to bring them to Planned Parenthood. And they definitely don't care enough to keep their, I'm, I hesitate to say customers because they're abusers as well. Yeah. To Um, keep their, to keep their clientele, clientele, I guess, safe. Yeah, I don't know. They're... To keep their grimy, grubby bastards safe. Yeah. Like, to keep their Johns disease-free. Yeah. So. These guidelines come straight from the Polaris Project um, and its National Human Trafficking Resource Center. Um, so definitely those are things to look out for. But if you see someone in distress, talk to them. Engage. It could literally save someone's life. Yes. Even if it's just like, a, hey, how are you? Have a good day. Because if someone is in distress and has been abused, it is gets considerably more difficult for them to ask for help. Exactly. The longer and longer you are trapped in a cycle of abuse and trauma, the harder and harder it is to break that cycle. Be fucking nosy. Please be nosy. Be fucking nosy. Be somebody, like, that's someone's kid. 
Exactly. And if they say everything's fine, okay. Don't pester them, but check on people. Make sure your people are okay. Yeah, and check on your fucking kids. Dude, yeah. And I feel so bad for these parents. I do, too, because, like, um, in both situations, like, the families, like, I know for sure for uh, Kamaria, like, they sent people to Atlanta, they sent people to Louisville, Lexington, all of the big surrounding cities. They hired private detectives. Mm -hmm. Like... They like you can tell that these families are invested, so, and they want they want to bring their daughters home. Right, absolutely. Um, so Rosalind's father actually died when she was five, and Rosalind's mother is a single mother, and she doesn't have a ton of resources, but she has still, you know, been in contact with every news organization that she can. She has worked really closely with the police. She reported her daughter is missing, you know, immediately as she knew. So like these parents are absolutely doing everything that they can and they just need our help so rosalind velazquez is a 16 year old hispanic female she is five foot 140 pounds she has black curly hair and brown eyes if you yeah so with that being said uh just to reiterate um kamaria johnson was last seen uh last physically seen on may 25th 2021 um, in Meade County, Kentucky. Uh, her official description is she is an African-American teen with uh, brown eyes and black braided hair. Uh, she is five foot four inches tall. Uh, she was last seen in black jog- joggers uh, with black and red stripes down the side. So once again, just think classic Adidas tracksuit, um, a pink jacket, and bands with uh, flames on the sides. Uh, and her glasses were missing the last time that they think that they saw her. So if you have absolutely any information that could potentially aid in, uh, like, you know, in finding her, you can call Radcliffe Police Department at 270-351-4470, or you can call the anonymous tip line at 270-351-TIPS, or that's 270-351-8477. Absolutely. And the same reporting agency actually goes for Rosalind Velazquez as well. And so if you know anything at all, please, please, please send in a tip. It is better to send in a tip and it be wrong than to keep it to yourself and it be a key piece of information in the case. Exactly. So let's do our whatever tiny little part we can to bring these girls home because their families deserve answers and they deserve the li- to come back to the lives that they left. I'm going to cry. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It is hard. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Um, All right. Well, that was a fucking rough one. It was heavy. Yeah, that was really heavy. Well, everybody, please, please stay safe. Watch your drinks. Check on your friends. Check on your kids. And y'all... Lock Lock your your fucking fucking doors. doors.